Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Today's episode of Front and Nationwide is brought to you by Game Time. Okay, folks, time for a little pop quiz. Do you think Blue Jackets or NHL tickets are cheaper three weeks or three hours before the game? You can find the answer with Game Time, the ticket buying app that proves patience is more than just a virtue. It can save you some serious cash. Game Time is the leader in last minute tickets. Pick your deal, see the view from where you're sitting, and buy in two taps. More than 12 million fans have downloaded the GameTime app and discovered the fastest, easiest way to get into the game. So download GameTime in the App Store or Google Play, work that clock to your advantage, and score last-minute tickets. Welcome to Front and Nationwide. This is the Athletics' dedicated Blue Jackets podcast. Tuesday morning in Columbus, Aaron Portsign with you. Allison Lucan is here. Hello. And the Blue Jackets are once again in a, a three-day gap here, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, without a game, but with a pretty good feeling. They had one of these last week where they won and had a nice break with to enjoy their, their first win. Big win for these guys on Saturday in Carolina over the previously undefeated Carolina Hurricanes. I think it was their best game of the season, uh, best complete game, certainly. Uh, I, I think you agree with that, Allison, but I, I think the reason I feel that way is because they played so professionally, so authoritatively, especially late in that game, but very solid defensively. I know it's not the most attractive part of the game to many, but I think it's going to be very important for this club this season. Yeah, I mean, I I do agree with you 100 million percent. I thought that was their best performance. I thought it was their most thorough in terms of playing a full 60 that we've seen so far. And and I actually thought it it was quite an entertaining matchup. I mean, we talked about going into that game and the kind of opponent that Carolina was going to be. Um, and for the the Jackets to be the first team to hand them their first loss of the season, I think it, it, I think it says something about how the team can play. And I think, as you said earlier, it's a big, big, big boost of confidence for this group to remember that this is why they have to play that way, much like game one of the Tampa series last year. Yeah. And you know I'm not sold on Carolina yet. <laughs> I know. I'm aware. I'm not. I mean, I disagree. Nice but <laughs> I don't think they're an elite club, but I think they're I think they're a good club that's going to hang around for a long time this year. 
that's where I'm at with them. But <laughs> but over the course of over a season, there are teams that are playing really, really well that are better than anybody may think they are, or they're they're just playing great. I mean, every team has those stretches. Um, and, and I think one thing maybe we should give the Blue Jackets some credit for is that Buffalo, when when Buffalo came in to Columbus, they were playing really, really well when Columbus won that game. It was a little shakier than the Carolina game. Uh, but th- those are two pretty good wins to sort of get your footing. Um, the uh, You know, I, I go back to that game in Carolina, and, I, of course, the Dubois breakaway goal where he fends off uh, McGinn, mm. I think it was, with his mm-hmm. left, and finally gets both hands on the stick and scores a hell of a goal, the breakaway goal. That's the wow moment. But I, I think what, what happened after that was the if you're a Blue Jackets fan, if you're a Blue Jackets coach, certainly – that's the reassuring part because they were so under control and all of that. And Corpusello made a couple of nice saves, but the puck was out there. There weren't those long stretches where you felt like the Blue Jackets are just holding on to their backsides to get through this. They were really smart, all four lines, all three pairs. Corpusello looked good. It looked like a club that was comfortable in a in a road rink against an undefeated team with a one goal lead and that's not easy right right yeah i mean and i i think to to your point corpus that was the most composed corpusalo has looked to me as well in in all yeah. aspects of his game you know there's always kind of a that comes about when when you right. see some some high quality scoring chances and even worse a series of them but he looked really in control of his game and and you know this was always kind of the question of if he gets more playing time does he find a better groove and and maybe yep. maybe this is the beginnings of that but i think that and, and i'm going to have a piece on this uh, for thursday this week but we all know what the charge was to this team as you said which was to play defensively to we don't want to belittle the goalies but to protect these goaltenders as they get used to their roles in net and even when you dig into ways to evaluate that, the Jackets are succeeding, um, and quite spectacularly so. It's when you look at the numbers and look at who's performing at a really high level and what they are doing compared to other teams in the league, the fact that they're where they are, even with this inconsistent play, could be a really good sign if they can continue to put it all together. There's there's some really interesting things that this this club is doing in terms of limiting their opponents, not just shots, because as we know, shots aren't really the end-all be-all anymore, but in terms of quality shots and scoring chances. So uh, this group has put it together, and, and I was talking with uh, Jean-Luc earlier uh, yesterday at the rink, and, and we were saying, you know, this isn't a revolutionary concept that they're doing. It's not like they've reinvented defensive systems. They're right. just executing it really, really well right now. Yeah, and I think what we're saying here, at least what I'm saying, that is sort of the newsy aspect of this is it's not their defense. So people assume, I think, right. just because of the name of the position. It's the forwards, really. And right. and it's the fact that you've got so many young guys in there. You've got two rookies, Texier and Bemstrom, currently playing on the same line. Yep, yep. Wow. And there's still there's still a team that can defend well, can dictate defensively. That that to me is is the most impressive part. And and they do things a little bit differently than other teams do. John Tortorella was talking about this today. Um, there's so many other teams that, that go man-to-man, and Columbus is more of a zone defense, which you don't typically hear much of 
Uh, you know, people don't talk about that. That's more of a basketball concept or a football concept, it seems. Um, but they seem to really have it down. And if you can figure that out, it's really it, it be, it's so much easier to defend. It's so much less taxing to defend because you're not chasing as much. But it's that switching up that becomes really, really difficult. Right. And, you know, it's I want to eventually see if there's a good day that I can start to poke him on this. But, you know, I, I've lightly teased him about this ever since he introduced the rover concept is, you know, for all the knocks that John Tortorella takes in terms of his persona, he's inching closer and closer to really positionless hockey. Right. There's not right. forwards who, who play offense and defenders who play defense. There are people who are skilled in certain areas of the game, and those people are put in positions to succeed with that skill. But as you just said, defense isn't a defender's problem, and goal scoring isn't just a forward's problem, particularly with this group. Yeah. Well, it's fascinating because in the other two sports, uh, zone deep, well, baseball and, and, and uh, sorry, basketball and football, playing zone is almost, in, in some people's warped mind, is a form of weakness. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's saying, I don't have the athletes you do, so we're going to do this way because we can't keep up with you all night. And it's interesting to me that John Tortorella, who has certainly this image anyways, this persona as Mr. Macho, is the guy that's like, no, I'm okay. Let's play zone. Let's, right. let's play zone. Let's, let's go about it this way. It's, it, it doesn't seem to be an issue with him in that respect anyway. Is his personnel... That, that makes this decision, or is this John Tortorella that makes the decision? Allison, any idea? Um, you know, that's a great question, one we should ask him later today. Um, right. but I, uh, Let's get him on the podcast. <laughs> oh, that'll go over great. Let me call him right now. We'll pipe him in. <laughs> yeah. But, um, you know, I think it's both, um, and, and I think that's okay. I think, you know, when I, I did a story on, on who are the best coaches in, in the league, and every player that we talked with, uh, myself and some of our other writers, Every player we talked with said a, a good coach isn't someone who's got the most brilliant strategies. It's someone who knows how to fit the players into the system so that they are exploited in the best way possible. And I think that's what he's done here. It's interesting. And, and, and he has he said it today, which heretofore he's sort of eh, not quite uh, shot it down, but safe as death is on hold. Right. It's on hold. But it doesn't mean it's it's gone. And it doesn't mean it's never coming back. I think it's just more about letting these two guys, uh, Elvis Merzlikens and Eunice Corposalo, get a, a foothold. Um, and, and that's, that's going to take some time. And we'll get to Elvis here in a little bit. But uh, the best way, of course, for these guys to find comfort and to be able to just relax and play is to have a lead, to get some goals behind them, and the Blue Jackets offense, I think, has been their their goal scoring has been kind of a mixed bag so far. Would you agree yes. with that? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. A little bit of this, a little bit of that, not quite enough of this. Right. Um, what do what do you what do you make of this? Because they're kind of all over the place with their with their lines. I think they've had some superlative performances from a couple of guys, or I should say sporadically superlative performances. But I don't know that there's been anything really sustained yet from them leading they have a couple three guys with three points yeah they're and everybody else is is under that so it's been kind of a sputtering uh, but what do you make of the attack that that you've you've uh, seen so far and we're going to get to some individuals here um as we go along some good some bad yeah i mean i, I think that 
as we know that John Tortorella does this, he's feeling his way through his lines and, and tweaking them. You know, I think that uh, as many coaches do, he's he's definitely hung on to that idea of a center and one forward, and then you just kind of play around on the other side of, of the trio to see what works. You know, I think he really likes, as he should, Wenberg and Bjorkstrand together. He really likes Dubois with Atkinson. Um, the others are kind of playing around. I think he really likes Jenner with Anderson when Anderson's healthy. But, uh, yeah, I think he's feeling his way through. And, and maybe this is what scoring by committee is going to look like, is that there isn't, you know, this this dominant player or dominant method of scoring. I think that, you know, Pierre-Luc Dubois has a couple goals now, but I think that the other folks on that line can start to get going a little bit more. But then on the plus side, you've got Oliver Bjorkstrand, who's got two goals early, which is something we all said had to happen. Um, yeah. So, you know, it's I don't think it's going to be – as flashy, I think the flashiest we've seen is that Murray pass to Nudavara mm-hmm. at, the, at the doorstep, which was a pretty, pretty goal. But I don't know that this is a club that's going to set up a lot of goals like that. It, it might be, it's yeah. going to be more of the crash bang. And maybe you're going to see more of the, you know, where Pierre-Luc Dubois just uses his size to gain right. the step to make the to make the shot to score the goal. But um, yeah. yeah, I think it's going to feel different the way this team generates offense this year. Yeah, and I don't, I don't think Tortorella's... Per- particularly pleased with the way that they have had the pucks to the net right? with bodies there and, and competing for the space and redirections and all this sort of stuff. I think, I think he wants his team to start scoring uglier goals and not relying so much on, on the potential of pretty goals. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. You, you talk to guys that have been off to, to good starts. I think you put Wenberg in there, mm-hmm. although he's, he's one shot a game. He's, he's got three assists and plus two through five. Um, that's that's not a, a rip roaring start certainly, but I think he's played well. I think if he continues to play, the numbers are gonna follow him. Do you would you agree with that on Wenberg? Oh oh yeah, I do. I th- I think yeah. I think he looks like a different player to me, quite frankly. Um, and you know, th- we talk about looking at other sports. I mean, we always talk about the best the best offense is a good defense. And and Wenberg, I'm going to get into this too in terms of on Thursday in terms of what he's doing to prevent opponents' progress, um, he is one of the best on the team, particularly in the forward core. Um, And that's just because he's so smart, and he's so smart with his stick, and he can break up a play so it never even gets to the point that there's a shot against or or a scoring chance. Um, And eventually, you know, it's it's interesting. He doesn't get credit for the assist on Saturday – or excuse me, he did. What am I saying? But but yeah, he secondary. makes that he makes that Nudavar goal happen. Absolutely. You, you know, yeah. and that's not to discredit either other player, but he he's the stick that swirls the drink there. Um, yeah. And that and so if he and and this is what he did the year that he had so that he played so well. He wasn't a goal scoring machine. He was creating goals for other people, and that's what I think he is best suited to do. Yeah, and Tortorella was great talking about that today. That play, yeah. uh, the play you're referencing, was that. One nothing against Carolina. Let me look here. I, yeah, that I think was, it was. It was the first goal, wasn't it? It was the first goal. That's correct. Yeah, and it was Wenberg coming from behind the net who fought off a, a couple of hurricanes at least, maintained the puck. Yep, and was bringing it up along through the corner when here comes Murray open. Yep, and him him feeding the puck to Murray just inside the blue line. And Nudavara reads the the reads what's going to happen perfectly and just takes off and he's wide open right. underneath. So Wenberg gets the secondary assist on that. That's really the 
the play of primary importance on that exchange there. Absolutely. Um, that's the stuff you see where you go, okay, now that's different. I don't know that he holds on to the puck in that situation or maintains possession of the puck at last year or the year before. So that, totally. that's a good sign. Who Bjorkstrand, I think you, me- you mentioned him as well. Um, you know, th- this guy went, oh, my God. He was well into last season <laughs> before he scored his third goal, I think, mid-December. Now he's at two goals now. Um, so he, he's ahead of last year's pace. He's certainly going to be way ahead of, of, of last year's pace if he continues to play like this. That's on the plus side. Um, guys who I think are off to slow starts, Boone Jenner's had chances. Yeah. No points at all, minus six, and he's only playing 14-17, which is a decided drop from where he was just a couple of years ago. Um, you know, four, he was a, that's almost three minutes less than it was last season. Um, where's he at with his game? Is it as far away as it can look statistically? I think he was okay early. Um, chances there, but, but where's Boone Jenner in your eyes, Allison? Yeah, I, and that's a great question. I haven't dug into his numbers so much yet. You know, I, and I mentioned this earlier. I think one of the things that that is hurting him right now is is the lack of Josh Anderson. It's just that you know those two together make such a they have such an identity. Um, and and listen, let, we 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 know Boone Jenner. Boone Jenner is a key part of this team, but Boone Jenner is not a guy known for his finish. Right. So um, I think that's we saw that even at the end of last year in the playoffs. And I think we've seen that early here, too, is he can get the chances. It's just finding a way to convert those to, to get the puck behind the goaltender. And that that's where yeah. he's struggling. And, you know, right now, as, as you said, he's playing between Texier and Bemstrom. And that's going to put him as a player in different kind of situations and different kind of responsibilities than if he's playing with Nick Foligno and Josh Anderson or even one sure. of those two other players. Yeah, and Jenner third on the team in shots on goal, tied for third, 13. Uh, behind only Atkinson and Seth Jones and still looking for his first goal, so that that's right. going to have to... And a, a guy, we're not going to get too harsh on this guy because he's, he's a rookie, but Emil Bemstrom, has, I think he's played okay, actually. I really do, and I, I, don't, I think if he weren't playing... If he weren't playing well in any facets or at least defensively away from the puck engaged, I don't think he would be in the lineup every game. Right. But we have not seen the offensive promise from Emil Bemstrom that I think has been expected. Like I can't recall. He's had a couple of, Oh, what the heck shots on goal, but nothing, nothing prime. And I spoke with him today and you know, he's going through it. He said it's confidence. That's all it is. It's just confidence. He had, the, he had a play over the weekend where he's got a two-on-one. Yeah. And the defender's taking the pass away and basically saying, kid, I don't know who the hell you are, so go in and shoot. I'm taking the pass away, which is kind of their play anyways. And Bemstrom forces the pass. It gets, it, it gets picked off, and the two-on-one is disrupted and ended. That's not a good sign for him and his confidence, and he acknowledged it as as much today. That that yeah, that just that does, that never happened in Sweden. So he's got to get out of his own way here a little bit and just relax a little bit. We, he he said he was talking he's he's talking to Wenberg about shooting more, and I was almost mm. like, oh, I'm not sure I'd go there. 
Is there someone else? Can you talk to Gustav Nyquist or Cam or someone? Um, joking, of course. Right. Uh, but uh, I, I feel like the I feel like the game, he's too good a player for the offensive production to not be there. But it just he doesn't appear to be a threatening player right now offensively. Yeah, and you know, it's it, for people who follow me on Twitter, you know that last night I was going through a lot of his tape, um, which. And also just adding to the list of frustration of stats that the NHL gets wrong, which is time on ice and shift time. But um, oh, just that? that's, that's, well, I said the list and it's long, <laughs> but uh, watching him in isolation, I think you've really nailed it. I, I see a player who is, is in, is, has the instinct, has the ability and just looks to be, he doesn't want to make a mistake. Right. Yeah. And, and that's right. where, Maybe that there's that side of safe as death that he does need to hear, and and that's what benefits the younger players. That and understanding that John Tortorella is going to be okay if he makes a mistake, but just make the play. Um, there's a there's a shot he a shot attempt he had Friday versus Anaheim where he does start to wind up and he just whiffs on the puck, and and you can see you know it 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 would it's my interpretation and and I have not spoken to him about this, but you know it's kind of like a oh, crap, well, if I shoot, is that going to happen again, right? Yeah, so right, right. I think that everything you've described, if, if you really watch just him and I, you can see that. But, you know, he's talking to guys, as you said, and I think he's in a room of guys that as long as he's willing to push through, the, the guys are going to try and help pull him through too because it, yeah. it's not that he's bad. It's not that he's making bad mistakes. He just needs to be willing to make the good kind of mistakes, if that makes sense. Yeah, and I think Tortorella referred to that play on that two-on-one that sort of fizzled as having a case of the yips. Yeah, which I think, exactly. I think all athletes probably go through at some point. And while we're talking yippy and talking rookies, let's talk about the. Uh, I guess it's a favorite topic here on the podcast. We've, we've talked about it in most of these. I just it's such an important player in such an important position. But Elvis Merzlikens is at some point going to get back into the net again. Right. Um, I don't know if it was yippy his performance in Pittsburgh, or if it was just <laughs> poor. There is a distinction. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot of pucks there that need to be saved. I went back and looked at at those, and and like, could you know, should those shots have been so readily available? Were there breakdowns all over the ice? Oh, hell yes, there were. But wow, there's a lot of shots from distance there that you go, oh my, like that yeah. that save has to be made. Um, and I wrote a piece for just a couple of days ago, speaking to his coach uh, for the Latvian national team, Bob Hartley, mm-hmm. um, a coach who's been in the NHL with three different franchises. Uh, Colorado won a cup with Colorado, I believe. Um, Atlanta. And Calgary, this guy's been around and knows what he's talking about. He loves this kid and thinks he's going to be an exceptional NHL goaltender. And Bob Hartley, known him for years, he's not the type to just like a player and, and so to speak well of him. He, he would right. be honest with you and say, these are the hurdles he has to clear to do this. If right. this happens, then this can happen. He loves the kid. He used to write messages on the inside wrist of of Merzlikens as blocker I love in this. big games Latvia against the world kind of games um so this this guy knows how he how he ticks he was as heartbroken as anybody watching that game 
uh, Merzlikens' debut when he gave up seven goals. At some point, he's got to get back in. He's been working his butt off for, for more than a week now. Uh, I think it happens this weekend. I think I know where it happens this weekend. It's not confirmed by the club. Um, your thoughts on this, Allison? Where do you go? Where I, I say Chicago. That's not an easy place to play either. Even if the Blackhawks aren't great, I think it's a place that players build up in their heads right. uh, to be bigger than just another rink on the road. Right. Where do you slot them in if, if you're John Tortorella? Yeah, I mean, and we talked about this a little bit at the rink yesterday as well. And I mean, I, I could make a case for Dallas at home um, only because I think that there's merit to say it's a rink that he's familiar with. He's familiar with how the boards respond. Um, the crowd, in theory, <laughs> would be friendlier. Um, but then you are icing Corpusalo after a very uh, an overall strong weekend, in my opinion, um, and making him then sit for almost a week before he plays again. Um, so I could make a case for Dallas, but I, I tend to agree with you that it's likely going to be Chicago because I don't think you wait and play Elvis Saturday at home against a divisional opponent. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want to give Corpies seven days off. Right, exactly. Exactly. If you've given him a back-to-back, give him seven days off, and then play him another back-to-back. Right. That just that doesn't add up to me. Right. Um, but I definitely start Elvis against a Western team. Yeah. And I don't yeah. do Dallas, so I, I, that, that's this is how I'm thinking. It, it's Chicago. Well, um, and I think too. I mean, to your point, he's been working off. Uh, he's been working his butt off. And, you know, when I was looking at some of this defensive performance, I mean, I'll, I'll spoil a little bit of the story and say that the Jackets are, they are in the, the top ranks of preventing shot quality against. However, that Pittsburgh game was their worst in that same category by far, almost a whole goal and a half more against. And as you said, that, that coupled with what wasn't Elvis's strongest game other than the first 20, maybe, hopefully the defense is now much more improved in front of him as well. Yeah. I still think when you watch that Pittsburgh game, that's I'm not sure which – I'm not sure that one leads to the other as much as they're both totally – they're totally connected. I yeah. think I think the yeah. defensive play broke down because the players stopped trusting the goaltender. That's fair. And vice versa, yeah. right? Yeah, <laughs> it, and we've seen like, that. It's cyclic, where, It's cyclical. We saw that with – say that 10 times fast. Exactly. Uh, we, we saw that with Steve Mason his last few years here. It's like they did not trust him to make the big saves. And, and right. when you're it, – it's a really hard way to play. And and you can just feel the, the confidence, the – you know, the feeling that you can't allow a shot on goal. And right. that's no way – that is no way to go through a hockey game. Right. Um, yeah, so I mean, Elvis is, a, and the other thing, the other the other reason for I think Chicago is, you can't let that linger in his head too long. I mm-hmm. wouldn't think. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you get through that game, Chicago, which you know Eunice is a young fellow, he could easily start uh, a three and four again, and they mm-hmm. don't have a back to back until the first two days in November. Mm-hmm. But I don't want it to go that long. Right. You right. know what I'm saying? That just seems, and you know, the other thing here is nobody want nobody wants us to. I don't think I think the Blue Jackets certainly 
they need this to work out. They want this to work out. But if it's not going to work out, you need to get the sooner you get that answer, the better. Right. Absolutely. And so push it. Make give the kids Chicago. Go play Chicago. Um, I mean, they're not the Blackhawks they used to be, but that can still be a tough building on a Friday night. Yep. Still got some pretty good players over there. Yep. Um, but you know what? That's life in the NHL. You're going to play good teams. You, you can't hide. So I say put them out there. Um, we'll get uh, yeah. We got to the to the rink on Monday, and no Josh Anderson. So that's something to keep an eye on. We'll we'll look for him later today. Um, but I get the sense. I, I, he probably would have skated today if he were going to play Dallas, but we'll keep our eyes peeled for that. Anything else you're looking for here in the next few days? Allison, I think we know the lineup, right? I think they're, yep. they've settled yep. on something for now. Yep. I mean, I, I, I am interested to see if, if uh, 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 Felino and Texier stay flipped like they are where Texier is with Bemstrom and Jenner and Felino is up yep. with Winberg and Bjorkstrand. I think those two are valuable in either place. So I'm interested in watching that. But yeah, I think for right now they've, things are clicking and I, and I do feel like we're not looking at a lot of Island of Misfit toys here. There, there seems to be an identity brewing for each grouping. Yeah. And I wonder if that flip was, was um, because of the play within or if that was because of opponent. Right. That's true. Good point. It was a matchup or not, but they were, they were unchanged today. Correct. So, you know, I mean, maybe I think back to the year that Broussard and Voracek played with Chimera, Mm. uh, the year who were the two rookies with, on, with Hartnell. Uh, that was Wenberg and Dano. Yeah. Wenberg and Dano. Um, sometimes two rookies work on a line, you know, it's true. It's true. Um, and you you need that stout guy. The yep. stout player that's been around a bunch that can handle it. So, yep. All right. Anything else to add, Allison? I think we've covered it all. Excellent. Another front and nationwide in the books. Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for reading our coverage. We'll be back with you on Friday. Uh, thanks to our producer, Adam Gracia, and we will talk to you on Friday. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.